Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Caught Offside with Andrew Gundling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside. Just outside of New York City, from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling, J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? Oh, I, I was settling in for a routine evening uh, last night, and by halftime, the howls, the garment rending, the absolute, um, I mean, it was just so strange. Everything turned on its head within three to four minute spell. And uh, I was reading tweets about the permanent expulsion of a U.S. player banished, if anything. Okay, well, uh, um, maybe his maybe his citizenship revoked. Oh, and um, although that's not possible, uh, but yeah, cra- crazy, crazy evening in in uh, in Port of Spain. Absolutely well, crazy. I am so excited to talk about it with you because even, I mean, even when it's kind of supposed to be boring. This is this team is just never boring. There's always something. Uh, they are they will never stop fascinating me, even on what should be the most mundane of nights. I'm really excited to talk about what went down last night in roughly the 39th minute or so of that USA Trinidad and Tobago match in the second leg of their Nations I mean, League quarterfinal. Um, U.S. men's team have lost a game. We should we should be very clear about that. That's what happened. They've lost yeah. a game. And uh, now there's no consequence from losing, uh, but things happened and we need to talk about them. And we absolutely will. A couple other things also in the uh, the second half of the pod, we'll do a little bit on Mexico as they have an absolutely enormous game tonight against Honduras. A little bit of Euro qualification stuff. Uh, and then I have some things on the U.S. women's national team that... I don't believe our overreactions on my part. Some might, but I, I want to hear those. I think some things happened this week that are important for people to consider. 
I think that this was a quietly, other than obviously a new coach was named. That's important. But after that happened, I think some some things have occurred that will be looked back upon later as hugely significant. Right. Um, Are you talking about a, and again, guys, I'm being uh, dramatic. I'm not being literal. Please don't like try and get me canceled. But are you thinking of almost like a, that this was a quasi subtle night of the long knives? Is that too much? Holy moly. How about Red Wedding? Uh, but we're on the same same train of thought. Yeah, I suppose your train of thought scares me a little bit, but sure. Uh, but let's let's not even delay any longer, JJ. So the U.S. and Trinidad and Tobago played the second leg of their Nations League quarterfinal last night, and I suppose in a small way it is it is now the curse of Trinidad and Tobago continuing because it is hard. It's I would say it is hard to win a tie move on to a semifinal, qualify for a major tournament all in one night and come out feeling worse about it than I think most American fans did last night. But that is the case right now. And the reality for this U.S. men's national team in the wake of Monday night's defeat against Trinidad and Tobago. Now, I should say you said we lost last night. I don't know about other people. Like, I know I get, that will go down in the record books as a loss. If you win your your tie, your two-legged matchup with another country or team. If you lose the second game but win the tie, you to me you did not lose, and I don't. Well, I don't that, but, and I have a hard time with it being noted as a loss because teams will play. Teams won't play to win; they'll just play to of, win the, the aggregate. Games of football are are not are linked together in some ways uh, across ties. Like you have a tie, so the tie is uh, the U.S. play Trinidad home and away. But we, but within this, within the ninety minutes, we lost last night. Yeah, no, that, that's true. We but... zap you, like there is no longer term consequence from it. It is self contained, or well, we hope it is anyway. Um, but it's not. It it does not affect you materially moving forward. Fine, but the U.S. lost last night. We have to yes. be big enough, and we did it to ourselves. It's that Radiohead song. Just you do it to yourself. You just you, and yourself. that's why it really hurts. Yeah. You do it to yourself, just you, you and no one else. And that was last night. That was the absolute facts of that game last night. There was no need for what went down. No need whatsoever. It was an explosion of petulance. For uh, uh, an, an explosion without a fuse. This was spontaneous combustion. You know, human spontaneous combustion, it's like that weird thing. We don't know if it actually exists, but we've seen it happen. And nobody knows what triggers it because there is no fuse. Nobody's dousing anyone in gasoline and setting themselves on fire. That's not what's happening. But last night we saw an explosion from a player who, with his with his resume of clubs that he's been at, um, is a veteran. Let's be honest. He's he is a veteran. He's not a boy, he's not a he's not a child. And inexplicable behavior i want to try to find the middle ground on this podcast today because i found it i know yeah i agree because i but i've seen extremes from both sides and i want to see an in it oh we'll see an in it right yeah 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 that's what we'll do we'll get both sides the sky is blue but here to argue that the sky is indeed pink okay Here's how I feel about it. I, I agree mostly with you. I, 
it was so weird. Like it was almost to the point where as it can, as his immaturity and petulance, Serginio Dest. Yeah. Serginio Dest, as it wore on and on, as it continued in the face of player after player, after player imploring him and begging him teammates basically on their knees, screaming at him to stop as it continued. I started to almost switch over from an anger perspective towards him to a like, are you okay? Yeah. Are are is everything okay with you? What is going on? Have you have you actually snapped and lost your mind in a way that is hard for the rest of us to understand? Is there something else going on here? Because if it's just about what happened on the field, then then I can't trust you. <laughs> then you then you have truly gone off the deep end. You've gone to another place that none of us can even understand what's happening in your headspace anymore. I still don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess the call against him that he want, he thought maybe he was fouled. I've seen the replay. Of, I mean, good for TNT last night. They did not shy away from this. This was pretty much the entirety of their halftime show and postgame show. Uh, like, I've seen the replay a million times. I don't really think he was fouled. If he was, it's fringe. No. It was certainly nothing but to it wasn't lost his mind over. And then I guess after that, I mean, he punts the ball into the stands. And... Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. He gets annoyed by a ball. I don't think the ball was out. But so what? Like, so what? You've played all these games all your life. You know how referees, how, how the game is refereed. You've played in CONCACAF plenty now at this point. You don't get everything you want. Decisions go against you. Like, it just wasn't egregious enough to prompt this kind of response. I, 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 I went to the same place you did. I immediately thought, has a beloved pet died? Like, in the last 24 hours, has he, has you know, as a, a girlfriend or a partner left him, like has someone cheated on him? Has a, a, a relative passed away? Like, where is all this coming from? Like, yeah. it's absolutely crazy. And then he wanted to like singularly torch. We've all been in, in bars with, with friends and, and maybe sometimes we've been that friend and they've just had a few too many and you're trying to calm them down or hold them back. And, and their response is, F all of y'all. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like, it was kind of like that. I don't need this, man. You know, some people, you think they're your friends and that they'll be, you, you ride or die and they'll stand with you. But you're not that. You're not that for me. And then they just, they storm out of the bar. Like, it was so much like that. He wanted to torch Reem. He wanted to torch Reina. Turner, I think Turner could have kept a could have kept his mouth shut actually well that, that that little shove on him to get him off the pitch how did that help anything i don't blame any u.s player who was on the field last night who had that reaction i don't blame a single if turner wanted to do that because he felt that in the moment i don't blame him one bit Serginio Dest brought all of that on himself with his behavior oh, yeah. last night it's just, all I of don't, it I, I don't get it i absolutely and then uh, like the game just swings violently Absolutely violently. Now, I, I need to, just so I don't forget this. Well, hold on. Are you leaving Dest? Because I'm not ready to leave Dest. No, I'm not leaving okay. Dest. All right. I'm not leaving. No, there's no, this is the, this is the Dest Derby now. There's no leaving this. This is, this is all about Dest. Um, but, but, but let me talk about Greg, giver of birthday cake, by the way. So I'll pivot to that. Remind me, write a note, make a memo. We're right. coming back to Greg on the birthday cake. Um, Paul Tenorio. Uh, so I, I, I thought in a game where you've you've gone down to ten men, and 
you need to you need to pull someone to get in a right back. Don't don't take off one of your guys that's super comfortable on the ball, handling the ball, and will take this thing out of this game even at ten men. And he did that. But Bearhalter said afterwards, uh, Paul Tenorio tweeted that Gio Reyna was going to be planned for a sub at forty five minutes, so it made sense for him to be the guy who came off after the red card. They felt four three two worked, and then they switched to a four four one as the game wore on. Now, um, anybody who watched that afterwards would not think that taking Gio Reyna off was the right decision. Uh, Correct. However, yeah. that quote is illuminating. He was planned to be subbed at forty five minutes. Now, is does this come from? Well, you've had your minutes now in these round of games. You've had plenty of minutes. Get someone else in. Uh, I'm talking before the red card thinking. Or was it, we we have to manage minutes with this guy on a heavy pitch? I, it, it has to be looking really? out for his. I mean, look, especially once they scored early, the U.S. had a 4-0 lead on aggregate. They were just never going to throw that away against that Trinidad team. I don't care how many guys got sent off. No, so, they weren't. I mean, Trinidad uh, could not hit a, a barn door with a banjo. Like, they, right. they really so, couldn't. So the U.S. were in position. They had put themselves in position to give themselves the opportunity to take a player off it for the for the betterment of his of his health. I mean, look, we all know that Gio Reyna from a from a health standpoint can be a little bit fragile at times. And so um it makes sense to me quite that, fragile. Yeah. Yeah. So so it makes sense to me that maybe he was a planned sub. And knowing that now, you're right, in the moment that substitution didn't appear to make a lot of sense. But if he was always coming off at the half, then then I'm glad we got that. I mean I I think I think circumstances make you change your mind and you're thinking like uh, but again, but if not if it's after, not if you're looking out for a player's fitness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe he's not. Maybe we just have to accept that his minutes will always be managed or need to be looked at carefully. And the last thing he needs is 180 minutes and 90 of those. 180 minutes in a few short days and 90 of those on a field that was as heavy as that one, which it got and, and, progressively and 40, worse. And 45 of them down a man, causing everybody to have to work a little bit harder and run a little yeah. bit more. So okay. Well, I so, just wanted to bring it up because I didn't want to gloss over because I saw, I saw a lot of people comment on it, saying that it, this is why we can't win with Greg, tactically naive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I saw Eric Winalda, who was, he was every he was he was aghast at everything he saw last night, and um, yeah, but there's there's stuff going on there. There's there's angles to be worked there as well. I think um, we know Eric from World Cup reporting that he did comments that he made. Um, we got to get Winalda back on this podcast. Yeah, he's he's fascinating. He's a fascinating character. Um, uh, Des last night becomes the first U.S. men's national team player to receive multiple red cards within a calendar year. Uh, yeah. Hercules Gomez tweeted last night, I'd like to congratulate the players who had to clean up Serginio Dest's mess tonight. It's never easy to play a man down for so long, and despite certain conditions, they pulled out the result. Not ideal, but not on these guys. Absolutely what? disgraceful. Yeah, I I I agree with Herc. Um, to plunge your team into that situation isn't good, but we did not handle it well. We did not play well afterwards. We couldn't keep the bloody ball. And if Trinidad were anyways decent, if it was a, a, one of the Trinidad teams of old, I mean, we would have been nervously, nervously adjusting our collars because that could that would have been three one or four one. I mean, it should have been four uh, one with the quality of chance that they missed. Although they did, they had two really good chances, but they didn't create an awful lot outside of that, I guess. But we weren't good. We didn't keep the ball. We didn't do anything. I thought we calmed down a good bit when Malik Tillman came in. 
strangely he's he, he was able to mix it physically slow the game down as well not not the kind of stuff you really want him doing but he did it nonetheless um but what just just to ch- just to change such a comfortable position into into that kind of a a mess is... no, it left you feeling last night with a you felt bad after that game and you just qualified for Copa America and moved on to the semis of this tournament of, of Nations League. Like, but everybody felt bad after that the way that that last 45 minutes transpired. And that's that's unfortunate. And look, I mean, we're we're everybody's blaming Dest for today. And of course, if if I'm laying out, if I'm like giving you the percentages of who's most at fault, he is the largest share of the pie. But he's not alone. Matt Turner had probably his worst game as an American yesterday. And that doesn't mean he's not our number one. Doesn't mean that I'm looking for other options beyond him. Every play, every goalkeeper at some point is going to have their worst game for a team. His, his happened to be last night when they, when they didn't need it. I agree with you. I don't, they could have used him making a couple of key saves there. I, there's nothing to benefit, uh, you know, Bearhalter suddenly scrambling and worrying about the goalkeeping position. But, you look at it in the larger context of of Turner's last few months, and his career is in a bit of trouble now. Um, mm-hmm. how, he has to get back into that far side, and I don't know how he how is he going to do that. It's out of his control now. I mean, yeah. he is he he is now reliant on somebody else either getting hurt or messing up. Like he, there's nothing he, he can have great training sessions all he wants. That doesn't get you back in the starting eleven. Not no, in this it doesn't. Situation. Um, and I I. I I hated him on the on the first goal. Um, he slipped, which is fair enough, mm-hmm. but like he can't be beaten at the post there, even though it's 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 a good strike. Um, and then here's Alvin. Oh, it's unbelievable! My could you, God, could you believe it? It was almost a carbon copy. Like this was a free kick. Um, like that distance, that player. <laughs> I mean, look, this one Turner should have saved. If I remember oh correctly, the, the one in 2017, I think was a little more clean. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it was the one. It was in, a, I mean, a little more. Yeah. The the one in 2017 was a rocket. Yeah. And this was a rocket, too. But it was a rocket that a top goalkeeper would or a goalkeeper with his full confidence would have just breadbasket catched. You know, Kyle Martino in the commentary Kyle was trying to say, look at the the kind of he goes, oh well, there's a knuckle on it, and then you see the knuckle, and it's not enough. It's yeah. not enough, and he's just he's panicked. It's coming at a bit of pace. He's panicked, and it's it's got it's squirmed through his hands and into the net. Yeah, um, we yeah, might his, be his, we might be catching Matt Turner right now in a, a little point. bit a little bit of a moment of a crisis of confidence kind of thing. A thousand percent, and I feel I feel I do feel for him. I'm not going to reverse course on him completely. We might have to find a, a we. Me and you really liked him as a goalkeeper, and maybe we have to say now, maybe we adjust and say he's a he's a good goalkeeper, but he's in a bad moment right now. Yeah, and um, that's fair. And the, and the worst thing for a keeper is, like a right back can come in and get fifteen twenty minutes and keep ticking over. A centre midfielder can do the same. It's so bloody hard for a goalkeeper. It's so hard. Where do you get your minutes? I mean, hopefully, I don't. I don't Maybe Forrest go on an extended run in the FA Cup and he plays all those games. I, I wouldn't even be confident of that. I mean, by the way, even if so, what is that? That's three more games potentially. We're talking like how I'm far, how far are they going to go? Like, are they yeah. going to go all the way to Wembley? Like, uh, we're talking maybe if he plays three games. That like, I know. I'm that's do- not I'm good. doing my best here. I'm doing my best. Um, of all the places that I wish I could have been last night, 
Oh. The U.S. men's national team locker room at halftime, I think, would top my list. I think one day we need we need another Roger Bennett docuseries where we can find out what went on in there. Was it- Professional footballers get decisions against them all the time. But you don't boot the ball away. This is American head. <laughs> uh, Stu Holden tweeted last night, interested how this is going to be handled internally. Sounds like there were strong words at halftime. I don't think it warrants an exile from the U.S. men's national team, but I certainly wouldn't be starting him, and he needs to earn slash prove he deserves it. Um, this is where we get into my kind of desire to find the middle ground. So, J.J., it, until I started to see rumblings of it on Twitter, uh, it never even – I don't. I, I know what Dest did last night was – it was embarrassing. It was – honestly, it was, it was one of the most absurd things I think I've seen from a player on the field, short of like – Zidane headbutting Matarazzi. Like, well, obviously it wasn't to that level. But it, from a petulant standpoint, it's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Never, though, as I was watching it, never did it dawn on me that the proper punishment here should be exile from the U.S. men's national team. If you want to sit him for a couple games and, and like Stu says, make him re-earn his spot, um, I'd be fine with that. Like, if I'm Greg Berhalter right now, I'm... I'm almost looking for a reason for Joe Scally to emerge. It's like, okay, I I have this guy in Dest who is enormously talented. And by the way, his assist last night on the Anthony Robinson goal, he he had an assist last night. Like mm. that was great. It was a perfect ball. Just a, he he's got he's got plenty of skill. He didn't wind up at Barcelona for no reason. Um, mm. But stuff like this now, you don't know when this can like he. You now know, okay, he's capable of this. You don't know when that will emerge again. So once a coach knows that, it's almost his duty to the team to look for reasons to try to find somebody else who can also do that job to an equivalent level. This is a chance now for Scally, whoever that they want to give a shot at that position. I I believe that they're going to look for reasons not to banish Dest, but if somebody emerges that can do a similar job as to what he does, they're going to it's open now. You'll have a chance. Now, I don't know that that I don't know that any of those guys can because I happen to think Dest is really talented. I think maybe he'll have a obviously he's going to miss the semifinal, not Bearhalter's choice. He did that himself with his red card. But ultimately, I think he'll still be the right back because he's probably the best one. But I'm not but I don't think it would be wrong for Bearhalter and that coaching staff to be looking for a reason to see if somebody else can do that job. I think that Bearhalter's response last night will sum up how uh, how he'll move forward. I don't think he'll be thinking like you. I think he will definitely want assurances from Des that this cannot happen again and that the trend of red cards stops here. We leave all this behind us in Porto Spain. Uh, again, Paul, Paul Tenorio, this was uh, Bearhalter's comments. Um, uh, Bearhalter said Des must be held accountable, but after five questions about him said he doesn't want a witch hunt. He's a fantastic part of this team, Bearhalter said. He's going to learn. He's going to grow. He made a dumb mistake. He knows that. He apologized to the team and we move forward. And and um, I I thought it was important for Bearhalter to, to speak like that last night. Deal with it internally. I don't think I might be wrong. I'm not sure Scali can, has the same quality on the ball as Dest has. Mm. I don't think he'll link the play in the same way Dest has in the final third. This system that Greg likes is, as you saw last night, 
look at the way Anthony, before the sending off, look at the way Anthony Robinson pucked into midfield to become another kind of an extra man in there, an extra body in there. Uh, the fullbacks mean a lot to the way that Greg wants to play. He is not going to cut off his nose despite his face, even if this was so effing embarrassing. Like, for a manager, take the fact that Tim Ream has to watch this in front of him and scold a fella publicly on the field, forget all that. This is Bearhalter's side that he's putting out. And the way they act on the field, rightly or wrongly, we often say players and, and the manager, you know, they're cut off once they cross that white line. But it's a reflection on him. And he will be dreadfully embarrassed that one of his players did that. But there's got to be a, there's a pragmatic side here. Sure. Greg's got a tournament next summer and he's got a World Cup then two years after. Or he hopes he has. So there's no, like, there's no, I don't think he's going to want to make a mountain out of a molehill or a mountain out of a a smaller mountain. Like, because what he did last night, I'm not trying to downplay it, was embarrassing. But Greg Greg will be a pragmatist on this, and he, or he should be. Yeah, um, you're probably right. And I would say, too, that from a manager's perspective, this is a really desirable situation because I think one thing that coaches love is when a controversy like this occurs within a team and the players are able to police it. And I well, think that's you, Greg, but that's bearholders. Oh my God. Right. And I think I you can't saw wait that for his next forum with Chatham house rules. Right. And, when engaged. Right. Greg, well, some, some nerd from like a middle American business company puts up his hand, like Ken from Denver who runs a, a, a company that sells staples. And he, he asks, uh, well, you know, I have a problem with a person in my team who's just, they have these explosions of rage. You got any ideas on how, you know, a, a situation where you had to deal with? I actually do. Right. But he, but he won't name the player, you know, actually no. last year. And uh, we won't name the player who booted the ball. Right. We we had a situation where a player on our team <laughs> lost his mind. Yeah, uh, but but we had, and this is what, how he'll go on. But when you have the culture when you have the structures in place of self-accountability, what we like to call in the U.S. men's national team brutal self-accountability, he was able to account for himself and held to a standard by team leaders, or as we call them, team elders in our side. And that just flows into a structure I've set up where we are able to self-police. I can hear him say this stuff. He'll sure. love that this happened in, in, right. in, 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 a, in a perverse way. Well, because I'm sure what went on at halftime, I bet he... If I had to guess, I would say he probably didn't say very much. I think that there are probably guys in that room, Reem, Turner, whoever, that that probably let Dest have it. And then like after the game, uh, Anthony Robinson said he's got to show not just his words, but with his actions, that we can trust him to be someone we can rely on on and off the pitch. That's not a coach saying that. That's not you know, media members saying that that's Anthony Robinson and that lot like they, his teammates don't trust him after this. We're not overreacting and feeling this way. This is how the guys in that room feel. But it's, but it's not, don't forget. Footballers are very self-centered and very selfish and they'll realize what's my best chance of winning here. They always want to play with the best players always. And they'll, they could have their best friend on the team and they won't care if the guy beside them makes them look good. So they'll be able to build a bridge over this. Believe me. I and mean, ultimately, ultimately I think that that will be deaths that he'll be back into the starting 11. I, I absolutely yeah. think that I'm just saying that I think that there's a chance now for certain players to show, Hey, I can do this too. And I think that, the team and coaches, like you said, they're selfish. 
So if they don't trust this player right now and they come to find out in the next couple matches, oh, wait, this guy's actually pretty good too. All right, well, moving on to the next one. Um, Anthony Robinson on, on television said, obviously a moment of unprofessionalism went against us. Like to pull the unprofessional card out. They were all was, red hot with him last He night. was dead right. Um, is is something. And Anthony Robinson, tw- he's what, 26 now? Sorry, he's a veteran. Yeah. On this team, these guys are, in terms of soccer age, these guys are well experienced. Yeah. I, they've played up and down the divisions. I guarantee you they... They probably haven't seen that. that not was, since they not it, since they turned professional. It was really weird just to watch because I was yelling at the TV. By the way, like, he leathered it. He didn't yeah, just really, throw it away. No, he got he, into it. Oh my god. It was like a punt. And it was a punt. Like it was something immediately my brain goes, he'd be very good at Gaelic football. Because he had no problem just swinging. I mean, that to leather. me, it, it looked like Nick Nolte and blue chips. When he just launches one into the crowd, like it yeah. was that kind of anger. Uh, yeah, and I'm just watching it on TV last night, dude. Stop, stop. You're still yelling. Stop, stop. Somebody stop and, him. <laughs> by the way, what was what was the worst part? The the like he obviously said some things to Tim Ream because he put his hand over his mouth. No other player was doing that. They were happy to to just go back and forth with him. Whereas whatever he was saying, he did not want to get caught on camera. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, yeah, he may have some apologies to make. I mean, the blowing kisses to the ref. It's oh, like, oh Jesus, that was the you're worst. up four nil. Like st- this is so wildly unnecessary. Now, here's yeah. the other part. When, when I said before that our goal is to try to find some middle ground here. On the one hand, like I said, the idea of banishment from this team it never even dawned on me that that's a possibility the other side of this is there's a certain twitter account i saw that um had some post this morning saying something to the effect i don't have the exact wording in front of me but it was something to the effect of um mistakes happen let's all just move on easy it's been it's been 10 hours since this happened last night the team's still furious all right we're allowed to st- we're allowed to still be in awe of what went down last night from a behavioral perspective all right we don't need to just move on a day later that was embarrassing and now yeah let's just move on cuz our best right back now can't play in a nations league semifinal we don't know who that's against yet but i know it's going to be a, a hugely important game for the us we don't have world cup qualifying coming up there's not a whole lot of really important games left so the Nations League semifinal and hopefully final, they, those matter. Great meaning. Those matter a ton now, more than normal. You don't this best right back that you're touting. He's not there anymore for that game. All right. So let's not. We don't. We don't all need to just move on yet. We can be mad about this. That's all right too. No, no one's the idea of banishment. You're right. That's crazy. People are saying that. That's a that's a lunatic fringe also. But the just move on crowd. Those are the same people that that yeah. How do they move on when Bearhalter brings you know the eighth center back that they want instead of the se- the seventh you know those people don't yeah. they, they think about that seven years later so like no we don't need to move on this is a thing american fans are allowed to be pissed off about can, can i just do a, a little bit of psychology on it because i i went on to read what the i mean the animals were all over it last night obviously um safe 42 i can understand kicking the ball out but dude come on he did the same thing against mexico when he got a red it's like ac milan and barca saw how good he was, but realized he has an attitude problem, and that's why he wasn't playing. Um, I Like, he certainly seems to be deeply frustrated with the trajectory of his career. I mean, he didn't have a club for a while. He, nobody wanted to touch him. Uh, 
And, you know, we make fun, but the hype videos, that's that's maybe a window. Like, he did a hype video after PSV got spanked 4-0 against Arsenal yeah. of his own things. Maybe this is born over the last few years of frustration in his career. So much was promised when he was at Ajax and starting in the Champions League. We all remember that. And that's ebbed and flow. Uh, that's that's ebbed away a, an awful lot. And now he's back in the Eredivisie, albeit with PSV, albeit they're top of the league. But like PSV aren't as big a club as the club he left. I admittedly, I earned twelfth now. But yeah, he's at a, he's at a, he's fallen in his career. He's trying to grapple back up, and there's there, there may be a lot of rage, and a lot of resentment and hurt and and pain from the last three years and it all just came out on the field last night if we're being let's be if we're going to be not funny about this and be kind to the guy you know sometime like it's an unforgiving sport and rejection is literally built into it it either it comes at some point it either doesn't come when you're younger but it comes when you're later on it comes it's it's round the corner and he's felt a lot of it the last few years and and I can see, oh, here's one more thing gone against me, this throw in. Like, it, it was just the straw that broke the camel's back. It was an accumulation of things. Uh, and I'm not defending it. There is no defense of it. But maybe, maybe, maybe this was, this was coming. Maybe it wasn't going to happen for the US. Maybe it was going to be at PSV. Maybe it was going to happen in some other game. But it happened last night. Yeah, you could be right. I mean, all of what you say there is true. His career trajectory is has gone the wrong way the last few years. Maybe there is, you talk about the hype videos, maybe there is some sort of built-in insecurity with him, with, you know, with what people say about him. You know, I'm sure Barcelona message boards were not kind to him during his time there. Um, So yeah, maybe there's some of that. And uh, who knows? Who knows why somebody lashes out like that? Um, He did, in fairness, uh, he did post an apology on Instagram. When I saw last night that, that he put something on Instagram, there was a small part of me that was like, oh, please, God, be his assist set to some kind of like hip hop beat. <laughs> please, God. But no, it, it was, in fact, an apology. He said, I want to apologize to my teammates, staff, fans, and whole nation for my behavior. It was unacceptable, selfish, and immature. I let my team down. It's something I have to learn from, and it won't happen again. I hope not. I mean, I... I I don't know if if we're operating on a three strikes and you're out kind of thing, which I don't know that this is that I feel that way necessarily. Like I think you can get a few red cards and still survive with your national team. But like I just read before, he's the first player in American history to have two straight red, uh, to have two reds in a calendar year. And the other one was in a bad spot too. That was, that was the nation's league semi against Mexico, right? He, yeah. he then missed the final. Like these are, these are things that are popping up at inopportune times. Um, these are not friendlies. Uh, so, you know, he's like Anthony Robinson said, he's words are words. He's going to have to show it. And, and I believe he, sh- he will and should be given that chance to show it. Uh, you have anything else on the desk stuff? I, I do have a couple other small U S things out of that, but if you have more I, on desk, by all means, I, I should mention, I, I, I mentioned Eric Winalda beforehand and we said, Oh, he's interested have to get him back on the pod. What he tweeted, one of the tweets he had last night that I read that he has since deleted was not okay. Um, uh, he he tweeted, "You you guys are so busy getting mad at the Dutchman being a Dutchman that you are dodging the issue. The incredibly bad tactical move." He's referring to the Reina substitution. 
that's nasty. That's really, really nasty. Um, how, however, he's come about it, uh, whatever path he's, he's an American. He is a passport. He is a citizen. That kind of stuff is not helpful. Um, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to say that because I don't want to seem like I'm, I'm uh, pushing Winalda some great paragon of of calmness last night when he tweeted something like that. That's not that's not okay. I hear you. Um, a couple other things, just looking at some of the performances of of other players on this team in this game. Like I said, it was a bad night. They won the tie but lost the game. Um, Brendan Aronson, uh, you know. I, Obviously, I think very highly of him, but he is kind of another player, a little bit in that Dest category of his career skyrocketed, and then there's a little bit of coming down that's going on. And I, and I love his game, and I love what he brings. Glad that he got the start last night. Um, but, boy, he had some really quality chances early on in that game where he could have he could have really kind of put his stamp on it and ended things really early. Um, you know, in the last game when he came on as a sub, I love that he's involved his first shot, like just wide, like you, at a certain point, he's, he's got to finish some of these. Um, so you do want to see him kind of add that element to his game, the, the chaos factor, the speed, the tenacity that he brings, that's great. But if he's going to be a great U S player and a player who thrives in the Bundesliga, Premier League, wherever he's got to add that element to his game a little bit. Um, yeah. I also, oh, yeah sorry. Just the, the, the chance my mind is addled. Did it come before, or after the red? I think before everything the red. of everything of note happened before, yeah. pretty much. That one that he lets it run across his body, where you're like, just open out and open out on your right and just slide it home, and he lets it run across to the right, and obviously narrows the angle, and then he kind of hits it into the keeper. Yeah, it ends up going out for a corner. Yeah, he's um, yeah, you all all those things that you said are correct. Basically, um, you know, the way he runs, the way he hustles, all that stuff. God, you love guys like that. But he has to add more quality to his game. Uh, I liked also seeing a little bit of experimentation last night with both Pepe and Balogun starting together. Uh, I think that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on moving forward. Pepe, I mean, look, after the red card, things obviously changed. Didn't really get much out of Pepe last night. I'll say this about Balogun. When he was brought in, for the U.S., I think the idea was, oh, thank God, goals. Now, we haven't really gotten that yet from him. He's got, he's had a few, but not to the level that I think we thought we'd be getting, not to the level that we've been getting from Pepe as a super sub role. Um, but I'll say this about Balogun last night. He showed me something. That guy worked his ass off last night in a role that maybe is not one that he's necessarily accustomed to. Hold up play, fending off defenders, fighting back defending i mean we thought we'd get goals we got grittiness and toughness from him last night which in a small way look ultimately what i want from him is goals that's his job but one of the hallmarks of american teams is sort of that you know grittiness toughness that kind of thing um he he showed that last night i bet he woke up today feeling pretty sore he got knocked around quite a bit playing that role that he did last night so i i wanted to show him some respect for that because you know like like what Stu Holden or, or Hercule, what Herc said in that tweet before, like when Dest got that red, guys were mad, A, because like you're throwing us into into jeopardy that we didn't need. We don't need that. Like we have this comfortably won. There's no reason for you to act this way. But also because like a lot of these guys, they're hitting their midseason now with their club teams. And, you know, they don't need a night in Trinidad in on a field that, you know, isn't 
the most ideal necessarily in a CONCACAF game that they've had to travel thousands of miles to get to. They got to travel thousands of miles back to their club team. Like they didn't need a night where they all had to work a lot harder than whatever they maybe were expecting going in. Um, so yeah, it was, that was a tough assignment for a lot of guys last night and they, you know, they did the best they could. Obviously the two goals I, I kind of put on, on Turner to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, I guess putting a bow on this JJ. So this was, I mean, obviously the U S have played Trinidad and Tobago several times since October 10th, 2017. This is the first time they played them in Trinidad returning to the, the scene of the crime. Now I know, you know, we, we've spoken about that night and, and any any of the lessons that were learned from that night. Did we like did we learn lessons from that night? I know we joke all the time about like we've had to be more humble and we zap ourselves whenever we get arrogant. And like, right, that's all fine and good to say that. But has your mindset really changed in terms of what we think the U.S. should be doing in, in these games in this region? Do we really still like I still think no. they should win every game that they play. I just do. I can't lose that. I, I acknowledge that maybe it's harder than what I had felt before, but like the lessons of humbleness that we were supposed to have learned that night, did we really learn that? I think we learned that on any given night in CONCACAF, things can happen to you, and it doesn't matter that you come in. and If you don't put a sight away in CONCACAF, if you're not 100%, then it, there is enough players and conditions that mean you will be defeated. I think that's what we learned, but it didn't change the expectation that we should win. I don't think so. Also, we're not dealing with the same crew of players. So most of the team did not experience what happened that night. All of the, almost all of the team did. None of them. Yeah. None of them. So their learnings are not the same as ours. Ours are almost, I think ours are, are, are tied to that last generation, your Bradleys, your Josies, all those players. I think that's what the, those memories are tied to. Um, and um, the expectation that we should win games because A, of the the talented players we have, and we're playing countries that are... I mean, did you notice Trinidad's jerseys last night? Yeah. There was names on the back of them, and they had kind of colored the names out. You know, oh. they're not... Yeah, there was. I was. I was like, you could see underneath. Wait, that had a name on it, and someone's just put kind of red over it. Or, like these countries, these teams that we're playing do not have the same infrastructures as us. Right, they don't. So they don't have the same player development. So, it like you said, it's very, very hard to turn off the fact that we shouldn't be winning those games. And that's not arrogance. That's just facts. Within the ninety minutes itself, you have to deliver and you have to give the performances. And I think that's where. The arrogance is gone. The expectation that you just turn out on the field, I think that's gone. I would hope that's gone. But the overall expectation that a team like the US should beat these these nations, that that hasn't that won't change. How can it? Yeah. Now having said that, it could certainly be worse. Just ask Mexico. So who... go into yeah, a, go a they go into a match against Honduras. Tonight, by the time you're listening to this, maybe it's happened already. Trailing 2 0, trailing 2 0 uh, as they approach the second leg of this quarterfinal. Um, I like what has happened to them. And, like, how, how would we be reacting if this was the US? Like, the, this is, I don't know, it's it's a little bit strange. And like, I was reading this at CBS Sports in their um, their match report 
from the first leg, uh, Jonathan Johnson, just this sentence. He writes, despite Feyenoord's uh, informed Santiago Jimenez, PSV's Irving Lozano, AEK Athens' Orbelin Pineda, and later Fulham's Raul Jimenez in attack, two goals are needed at Estadio Azteca just to level the tie. Like Mexico, they do still Prison. have talent. Like, yeah. They still do have guys who are playing, who are thriving, not just playing, but thriving at European clubs. Like, what's, what is going on there? It's weird. To be... I mean, it is weird. And in the first leg, they were outshot. Uh, 12, 12 shots to eight. Um, Honduras had more shots on target. Mexico only had two shots on target against Honduras. Now, that is just... There's some breakdown between that midfield and attack that that would lead to something as kind of... Well, just as, as dry and as turgid as that. That's, that's just dreadful. Um, and I do think... There was a lot of there was a lot of talk when Mar- Tata Martino was ma- manager that it was a case of all right, it's not worked out with him. We get him out, we reset. But like they have, or they are transitioning from those older players that we know about to a much younger squad, or feels like much more vital squad. Um, and and I just I can't I can't explain these results. Now that doesn't mean I don't think they'll. I mean Honduras are. Say what you like about them; they're, they're a tough side to play against. But well, they're I mean, going back line... home. They're, they're going to be at the Azteca, which is usually good. Although sometimes, when when there's a lot of pressure on you, like there will be tonight, if, yeah. as the minutes start ticking by, I almost sometimes feel like that home crowd can start working against you a little. You start to feel that tension collectively. Yeah, no, I know, and 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 the, the team is under pressure already, so they're coming in with that. I mean, you force things, you try too hard, and 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 you know Honduras how they'll play. They're going to sit in. They don't have to go and expose themselves, and they'll try and catch you on the break. And they're well capable of that. But like a front line of Lozano, Jimenez, Pineda, like there's got to be a goal or two there, right? Right. How can there not? It's crazy. It's unbelievable. Now, after that result happened the other night, I texted you because I'm having this sort of inner crisis as an American fan. As a as a diehard supporter of the U.S. men's national team, right. I root for Mexico to lose every single time they play. Right. I just can't help it. It's just it's just how I feel, um, and I think most American fans will agree. However, when I saw that result, there was a little part of me where alarm bells started ringing just a little bit. Where there was this little like, "Uh oh, are we sure that's good?" Like, like I said to you before, without without this World Cup qualifying cycle for the u.s the number of matches of importance that we're going to play between now and the 26 world cup are so few so few so like if mexico bow out of this that's a potential like i don't know those u.s mexico nations league games are a couple of my favorite games that i've ever seen the u.s play you know like those kind of like dress rehearsals where the intensity is the same as how it feels in major tournaments. And, you know, the way the players go after each other and like just everything about those games, like that's a, that's a loss for the U S if they don't get one of those Um, props to Honduras. And that'd be great. And if if that's who the U S winds up playing, all right, cool. Um, That'll be intense too, but you can't replicate the intensity of U S Mexico in some of these tournaments. And I think that's, that's unfortunate. That's one fewer games of, of, real importance that it feels like the U.S. would be playing. Also, too, I mean, look, even if Mexico do lose this against Honduras, they'll be out of the Nations League. 
their qualification for Copa America will be in jeopardy, but not definitively out. There's still um, two more teams, two losing teams from the quarterfinals of this Nations League. Uh, they're going to play single match play-ins essentially, and two more teams will qualify. And I would be beyond stunned if Mexico wound up not being one of them. But they're putting themselves in there with a chance of not qualifying for Copa America. Like, are we sure? Are we sure that's good? Now, there's enough other really good South American teams where I think that tournament can sustain it. But you want all the the best teams in that tournament. That's again, that's the U.S.'s dress rehearsal for the World Cup. I want all yeah. the best ones there. I would love a USA Mexico rivalry match in that tournament. That'd be really fun. Um, so I don't know, having a, a little bit of an inner crisis on on how to I know what you mean. It, it, it's and it's almost like when Celtic were winning all those leagues because Rangers had been relegated because of um, tax improprieties. Right. Once we stop, uh, yeah, like once we stop laughing about what's happened to them, we kind of look around and we're like, oh, wait, well, a lot of our fun just went away with them. <laughs> yeah, we kind of need them. So, um, yeah, I understand. I, I really do understand where you're coming from uh, with that one. So we'll see. This could all be a moot point. Who knows? They, if they drop five or six on Honduras tonight, their their aggregate may wind up being more impressive than what the U.S. has just was against. God, Turner. I don't I don't see them dropping five or six. Yeah, just don't. Yeah. They look, they have the. They have the names in attack, and they've all they've tried. I mean, they're testing out different managers every month. It feels like maybe that's part of the problem. Um, but if, if they lose this, that's probably another manager who's going to get fired. So uh, we'll see. My guess is they'll find a way to turn that around. Um, but it's it's worth watching, that's for sure. Uh, I'll tell you what. We'll go ahead. We'll take a break. We'll come back. A little bit of Euro qualification stuff. A little bit of uh, U.S. women to discuss. Still more caught offside. Don't go anywhere. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, back now. Offside, JJ. You mentioned earlier. You told me to write it down. Uh, something about bear halter and a birthday cake. What was that? Yeah. So there was a video came out from the from U.S. Soccer. Uh, Gio Reyna's birthday, um, and it. You know, he was there with the squad. And um, let me see. When was his birthday? Um, or November thirteenth. So last week it would have been. Uh, and they were bringing a uh well i say they he's there sat with his teammates and in walks bear halter N- not a mem- another member staff not another player bear halter carrying a cake with candles in it singing happy birthday and then everyone joins in it was excruciating <laughs> absolutely excruciating and can i ask you this if a man a middle-aged man is walking towards you with a birthday cake. Mm-hmm. Bloody hard to ignore that person. Gio Reyna somehow managed to acknowledge that that it was his birthday 
acknowledge the singing and the cake and yet pay as little attention to the person who was bringing the cake as possible. Remarkable video. Absolutely remarkable. I mean, it's just, it seems like such heavy, heavy PR, you know? It just... Uh, Everything's fine here. Everything's fine. It's, it's so fine that the manager will sing happy birthday and present a cake to Gio Reyna, whose parents outed him for an incident of historic domestic abuse. I'm still skeptical, though. If, if things were truly fine, I think fine. I think Bearhalter would have been... I think maybe he would have jumped out of the cake. Then then we'll know that things are fine. Oh, fine. Yeah. He would have jumped this out. This was bad enough. And he, he gives him this pat on, on the shoulder, and it's just... Ah, oh, no, no, don't do it, man. We don't need this. Just, uh, vibes. Oh, the vibes for a team that prides itself on it. They Oh, all vibes. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Uh, Here, could you ignore a man uh, with a birthday cake coming towards you? Well, I mean, yeah, yes. Yeah, I could. Like if you're at a restaurant and like somebody at your table tells you, Tells the waiter, hey, it's it's Andrew's birthday. Can you bring out something and surprise him? Like when the cake comes over, I'm kind of laughing and smiling with the people I'm with. I'm not high-fiving the waiter. Like, <laughs> I think it's doable. Oh, you know, what would have been amazing. Oh, even better than, than Barrel to burst out of the cake. You know, if you go to Chili's or Applebee's and it's someone's birthday, the whole floor staff, the, all the waiters are required to go over and go, it's your birthday. <laughs> and they make this rhyme and it's it's... And you, there's always one guy who's super enthusiastic up front. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. You're here with us. And he's up the front, right? And there's always one guy at the back. And you can see pieces of his soul disintegrate right before you. <laughs> I would love if Bearholder had come in and made a rap. <laughs> wrapped at him. Well, what is it they do at the, isn't it the macaroni grill? You ever go to that place? I think for your birthday, I think this happened, was it my sister? We went there once. They make you stand up on your chair and like wave your napkin around. Oh God! As, as everyone looks at you and sings. <laughs> what if Fairhalter said that? Hey, Geo, get get up on the chair. <laughs> oh. oh man, there's just there's no dignity in any of this. No, no, I hate that stuff. Um, all right, let's see some Euro <laughs> qualification stuff. JJ, speaking of no dignity, France defeat Gibraltar fourteen nil. Um. I don't really know what there is to say about this other than it happened. It feels like it warrants mentioning. I think Ethan Santos is the leader in the clubhouse for the Devonling for worst game a person can possibly have. He scored an own goal in the third minute and was then red, uh, red carded in the 18th, thus precipitating a 14 nil defeat. <laughs> Sorry, Ethan. That is uh what's the award show called for the worst movies of the year? Is it the Razzies? The Razzies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's your, um, your best picture winner right there. So um, again, we talked about the US men's national team releasing that video of Bearholder and the cake, or even doing it. Um, French football had inside the locker room, Deschamps at halftime videoed telling his team to don't stop scoring. Yeah. And you're like, okay. If he wants to say that and has some motivational reason to say that, fine. Why are you releasing it? And he's like, the record is 10. Like, the UEFA record is 10 or whatever it is. And I'm like, just 
what are you trying it, to prove here? We all yeah, know that like you're, you're like it felt a little bit to me like if we ever saw a video release of like what was Mike Tyson's most brutal knockout of somebody? Like uh, Banks oh, I, or like Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not a Tyson. Like, I will like if we ever saw a video of like uh, one of his fights that went more than 30 seconds, if like after round if if, if he was fighting like a middle schooler and like in the corner during, you know, between rounds one and two, if his trainer was like, I want you to kill him. You have to kill this man, like <laughs> this boy, kill him. Like, okay, you could, fine. Like, are we supposed to feel good? Is that cool? Like, I don't know. That's how, that kind of felt a little weird to me. And It, so it was it, very strange. The, ce- the, the celebrating. Now, before anyone emails me, about the U.S. women and yeah. their celebration. I don't want to argue that. I don't want to talk about that. I just want to talk about this. Um, they were celebrating big style at thirteen and fourteen goals, like like Olivia Giroud going hard. And I'm yeah, like, I saw that too. Now we try not to be the celebration police on this show. No, I don't. But but in this case, you have to read the room. I rather just read the resumes of the players you're playing against. Who will a lot of them will go back to jobs next week. You know, I saw Giroux's. I know it was a bicycle kick, but a it was from like a yard and a half out. Yeah, and b it's fourteen nil against Gibraltar. I don't know. And you're Maybe right. You... People could go back and find our USA podcast yeah. from the thirteen nil, and we could be looked upon as hypocrites. Maybe we were wrong in saying that they were fair. They were we were okay with them celebrating. Now that I can see it, and it's not a team that I support, I could maybe now see why people would look at it and be like. Well, I think context is everything, and 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 uh, I mean, there's a real question whether Gibraltar should be in, uh, in these competitions. I mean, I, I hate having to say this, but Gibraltar is a part of the United Kingdom. It's a contested part of the United Kingdom between Spain. It's not. It's you know, it's it's a rock. It's there, lots of monkeys. Um, but should they have a national football team? Mm, I don't know sure. nearly enough about the um, yeah politics of this to know. Put it, put it to the put, put it defer to, to you. Yeah, it'd be like the Isle of Man having a team. It's an island in the middle of the Irish Sea. Just maybe they should I don't have know. one. Maybe they do have one. We don't. Yeah, know. they probably do, but they don't enter UEFA competition anyway. Anyway, uh, that's that, and um, yeah. Uh, Kind of, kind of hard to watch that group. Ireland's so far off. It like, I mean, if we did, I shouldn't be complaining about Gibraltar being there because if Gibraltar weren't there, Ireland wouldn't have wouldn't have won a game. Would barely have scored a goal against Greece, France, and the Netherlands. Ireland lost all their games, and before the that group started. I was targeting Greece. Okay, we we have to be above Greece. Good tournament is if we're pushing the second place team and we beat Greece home and away. How'd that work out for you, JJ? I'm sad what's happened there. Oh my God. We are now a minnow. We're above, you know, the bottom tier minnows, your Gibraltars and that, we're above them. Mm-hmm. But we are now a minnow. And it's uh, absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, Portugal, JJ. I just wanted to mention them quickly. They just wrapped up qualifying, going a perfect ten for ten 
France, the only other European nation that could potentially that could do the same. Did they? I'd have to look back and see if they wound up doing that. Um, have the uh, have the Portuguese elevated to the the top table right now? Were they there already? And I just I don't I mean, know. I kind of I might have had them on a rung below. Like I felt like kind of. I mean, the last time France, Morocco England, there in December, um, World Cup didn't go there. It's hard to say, Andrew. It's qualifying. Very, very hard to say. Um, I mean, the proof the proof will be in the pudding when when it comes to uh to to the tournament. I I don't I I yeah I don't know. Well, good for Roberto Martinez. He he took over that job. There may, maybe was a raised eyebrow or two. Maybe a, you know he's he's had a little bit of this feeling about him with some of the jobs he's gotten of fair or not a little bit of like a failing upward sense. Um, but he, he took no, no. I mean, international and... football, it, that, that seems like a, a, a move from the Belgian team, uh, after so many years there to the, to the Portuguese side that had coming off the back of a disappointing world cup. It makes sense to me. Uh, his problem now is, is tournament football. And his problem now is also going to be, um, very Ronaldo shaped. I would well... think. I mean, is that a problem? So we we wondered if yes, he could still a be a key player for a productive team. He's taken part in nine qualifiers. He has mm. scored or assisted in seven of them. Ten goals, one assist in nine games. They've won every game, and they're outscoring the opposition and qualifying thirty-six to two. And the two goals both occurred in the same game against Slovakia. So basically, yeah, and, all and, games and and the group and just just for everybody, just for everybody, this is the group. Mm-hmm. The group is Slovakia, Luxembourg, Iceland. Bosnia and Herzegovina, Liechtenstein. So, all right. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I just but he, this idea that they couldn't play with him or that he'd be hurting them. Well, they couldn't at the World Cup. So they maybe, are, so maybe that maybe to... that manager didn't know how to use him. Oh, okay. Or maybe Ronaldo hadn't fully accepted what his new role would be. Maybe now the World Cup was a education process for him. No. First thing Martinez needed to do when he got in there was get rid of of that guy, and now he and now he hasn't, and so he's stuck with him. I guess we'll see. Um, let's see, JJ. I wanted to. Uh, I also wanted to mention this. I saw because we talked so much during the last Men's World Cup about the the fixture list, the the congestion for the schedule. So I, I quickly I saw this. I just wanted to get a mention, and we don't have to talk too much about it. But a report was released regarding injuries following the 2022 World Cup. And I would say that the results would not surprise you. Um, insurance group Howden, um, public, I'm reading from ESPN uh, FC, published a European football injury index for 2022-23. Uh, they published this a year after the World Cup, having studied the effects of fixture congestion and the effects they had on player welfare last season. The study said that in October of 2022, 88 recorded injuries led to players being sidelined for 11.35 days on average. That's pre-tournament. That rose to 19.41 days in January of 2023 after the tournament. Um, Hamstring injuries saw the biggest increase in severity, 130% up. Uh, So it looks like all the, uh, the statistics do point, in fact, to the winter world cup leading to more injuries among players who participated. And I would say, I'm not surprised what will be interesting. The only reason I really bring it up is a, it took a financial toll, uh, which is the part that really matters. Um, As it's noted in the report, the financial impact rising by nearly 30%. um, These injuries across Europe's top five leagues. So I do wonder if this now means, okay, we tried this thing 
in the winter and it didn't work and we can't do it again. And all world cups from here on forward will be played during the summer. Or do you think that, nah, these, this report doesn't matter. Uh, it will be ignored. It's a, okay. <laughs> uh, we, I, I mean, we have a Saudi world cup up to happen. And when's that going to happen? It's not, it can't be the summer. Um, I'm just I'm fixated on the on the injury to Gavi. Um, so uh, Spain have or rather Barcelona have confirmed it's a complete tear of the anterior cruciate ligament with a an associated um, meniscus injury. Um, Luis De La Fuente, Spanish manager, uh, described the three one win over Georgia the bitterest of my life after Gavi was forced off a knee injury and is expected to rule him out for the rest of the season and the European Championships. This is just a disaster. I saw a video uh, of him going back to Barcelona and like meeting with teammates and stuff. Looked pretty emotional. His minutes is unbelievable um, for a 19-year-old. And I, I, it's just too much. Uh, he's only 19. He's played over 100 times for Barcelona and made 27 appearances for Spain. 27 appearances. 90 minutes in Spain's previous game against Cyprus. Um, De La Fuente said, Gavi is hyperactive. He just doesn't want to stop. Uh, you just have to see him train. That's why he plays so much and so well. Good players never rest. This is such bull****. Good players never rest. That's why they are special. Only the very good players keep keep up that rhythm of games. Um you know, it's funny because they kind of had their own in-house example of how maybe we need to be a little careful here. They, like Pedri has kind of just gone through this with with the minutes that he was playing for Spain and and for his club. It's just there just seems to be no regard for footballers anymore. Just put just put them out there. I I I I'm I was devastated when I heard it. Like he's such a talented player and he's so young and now. Um, we know you can come back from an ACL. We know now it's not once the injury that it used to be, but regardless, he's 19. Just turn 19. Is this, is this responsible? Is this use of a player by Barcelona and Spain responsible? I don't think so. It's a good question. Yeah. And now they're going to have to figure out a way without him. It's a tough blow because he's God, he's a great player for, for both for Barcelona and Spain. Um, Finally, JJ, I mentioned this at the start of the show, uh, so I, I do want to make sure we get to it. Um, U.S. women released their squad list for their upcoming match against China. Alex Morgan left off. Um, so Twyla Kilgore, she's the interim manager until Emma Hayes officially. I mean, it's official now, but until the club season is over, when Emma Hayes officially takes over. Um she she was speaking. She said, as we move forward with the next steps, we need more opportunities to see players from our pool in our unique national team environment in both training and games so we can evaluate if and how they might contribute moving forward to the Olympics. We value these players who have recently been in camps or played in the World Cup and were not chosen for this roster. And they are, of course, still a part of our pool. Uh, but we know what they bring on and off the field. At the same time, we also need to continue to evaluate and bring along players in the right ways to give the team the best chance for success. Um a couple uncapped players are, are being brought. Corbin Albert, Jenna Nyswanger, who just won NWSL Rookie of the Year mm. with uh, Gotham FC. Um, so uh, Twyla Kilgore, in, in her comments there, I think she's kind of saying 
the company line when you're dealing with big egos and and huge global superstars. Yeah. Um, you know, we know what these players bring, you know, trying to, I mean, I feel like that the connotation is sort of downplaying it. Yeah. We know Alex Morgan. She's great. We, we need to get a look at some other players. I am not looking at it like that. Um, look, when, when the U S men did not qualify for the 2018 world cup, they adopted basically a mindset that there were certain prominent players who were fixtures who like, despite some of them still being in their prime, like Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, they were probably still in their prime, but essentially the feeling was these players are, it's over for them. Now the U S women going out in the round of 16, it's not like, it's not disastrous to the level of the men not qualifying for the world cup are, but like sort of when you factor in expectations and just the overall performance of the women's national team at that tournament, it's the worst world cup we've ever seen them have. Uh, you can kind of compare them. So like, let's look at it. Like, let's, let's be honest. Sophia Smith, Alyssa Thompson, Trinity Rodman, Katarina Macario, Mallory Swanson, when she recovers, you know, throw in Lynn Williams, Midge Purse, like that part of the field is crowded. Alex Morgan's 34. She's going to be 35 in the summer. I think Um, Emma Hayes is a manager who's coming in, who's been praised lauded all of those things for her willingness to make harsh decisions like start putting some of these pieces of the puzzle together i don't i'm not gonna just if i'm overreacting and i and that that winds up getting proven so be it but for me i look at this and this is not just a oh we know we she's great don't worry about her we just want to see some other players Uh uh-uh that's not how i see this i see this as the the beginning of the end or even the end of the end you know so like and it wasn't just her, Crystal Dunn, Becky Sauerbrunn, Alyssa Nair. They were left off as well. If I were them, I'd I'd be nervous. You know, there's there's going to be significant changes, and players who you thought were mainstays, they don't stay mainstays forever. And I think I think you're starting to see that. I I think the days of Alex Morgan's name being written in pen in that team sheet, I think it's over. Maybe it's maybe I'm overreacting to one squad. But I look at this and I think that there are there are bigger things at play here. I think so, too. I also think timing is an issue. Uh, it was pointed out on the broadcast last night when uh, Julie Foudy was talking about this, that um, Emma Hayes is still Chelsea manager as well. She's double jobbing. And when the season is over in May, uh, that doesn't leave a whole lot of time then for uh, the Olympic preparation, which is which is uh, going to be uh, very important. And so, well, what do you do? you know, now's the time to to make the changes you want to make. And it's not like Emma Hayes hasn't analyzed uh hasn't an- analyzed the US women's national team from a distance. We know that she has. We know she's been paying attention. And so getting rid of um you know she she'll have ideas in her head of who has to go. She talked about the creativity of the side. She talked talked about um all sorts of issues in her role as a pundit. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's it. But this had to come at some time. Sure. Um, and it's been, you would, you can, maybe not in Alex Morgan's case, but you can say in the case of other players for a long time, there's been a, there's been a kind of a thought, well, you know, the player pool has always been these key veterans. And at some point they had to go. And and more, I think it's Morgan's turn next. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think it's, I think it is the end of the end, Andrew. Wow. Oh. 
if that winds up being true, that's a that's a big deal. I mean, she is a, an absolute legend. And we'll see. I mean, we'll just we'll have to see if her role, if it's the end of the end from a sense of not on the team anymore, or is it like a Megan Rapino end where okay, you're still a part of this, but your your role is what it is. Well, now. you don't want that end, do you? Well, we'll see. That's the end you don't want. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I think I think you're right. But, but just before we go quickly, Andrew, yeah. I watched Italy Ukraine yesterday, which was the big build game, finished nil nil um, in in Leverkusen, I believe it was played. And yeah, Italy have qualified. They've qualified for for they will get a chance to defend their European Championship crown from 2021 or 2020, whatever way you want to phrase it. And um, I I found it it was a it was one of those interesting nil nils, an enjoyable nil nil. Uh, Italy manager Luciano Spalletti did did attack, did try to get goals. Um, he took off Raspadori, brought on Scamica. Scamica was. Not great. Uh, Italy created some chances, didn't convert, and then they they changed things up. Decided to get rid of Chiesa, bring on Brian Cristante, shut things down, <laughs> go full Italy. Realized that a point will be enough. Now we can't win this, or we don't feel like we're going to win this. A point will be enough. Our goal difference is better. And right at the end, bursting into the box, turning sharp in the box, Michaela Mudrick is fouled, and. The referee doesn't go to VAR. There's no VAR uh, interjection in this. Couldn't believe what I was watching. Huge stakes, penalty right at the end. Uh, And in fairness, for the last, I would say, 20 minutes, like Ukraine were pouring forward, looking for something. Donnarumma had a moment where he just let the ball bounce past him for some reason in the box. And luckily, he made up, he came up with a brilliant save then. well, I just, I mean, Italy scraped through. They are not impressive. Chiesa, I thought, was very good um, at times in the game and remains their their most in, important creative attacking player. Uh, great for Spalletti, obviously. Get over, get Italy over the hump and qualify again. But Ike, what, what is the point of that? Like, uh, that's a massive one. That is the ones we're talking about. Well, we should only say Va for the howlers. I think that was a howler. Hey, we don't want to re-referee the games, okay? It, yeah. Boy, Italy but, are they are erratic. Winning major uh, tournaments, not qualifying for major tournaments, scraping through in qualify like they 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 check every box. Yeah, know. now there's been good Italy teams in the past that have only just scraped through qualifying. We've seen oh. it before. Um, but like and I'm going back 20, 25 years, but uh yeah, I, I don't know what to make. Spalletti came on the field, actually. Italian football TV reported. Uh, Spalletti came on and went over to Scamica and uh, after at full time and uh, shouted in his face that he needed to wake up um, which is uh, I think fair enough old school rebuke there wake up real old school that one that's 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 nice nice yeah. to see yep. uh, and, then, and then Scamica took the ball and punted it into the stands yeah ripped off his shirt and <laughs> cried wept yep. bitterly so there you go that is this pod. What a pod. Jeez. What a pod. Um, we will all stand by and wait for the Serginio Dest hype video to drop. And when it does, we will give it an old retweet. And I hope you all give this podcast a retweet as well. Uh, we'll have to see what our schedule is the rest of the week. We are planning for a second pod. Can't guarantee exactly when it will be. But if we don't talk to you before, uh, I hope everybody has a happy and safe Thanksgiving. 
enjoy it where uh, wherever you're all celebrating it have a have a great where are you going i'm staying home i have oh, a wow. child child <laughs> okay so that and so um we're, that, yeah, we're going to mean something you can't we're going to have a nice little thanksgiving we're, we're going to give thanks uh together for the pilgrims that landed at fraggle rock and hmm. um, we're going to i don't know seriously we're going to give thanks uh together in brooklyn nice uh, that's beautiful and no invite from you typically usually you leave usually you go where is it up upstate yeah we're not going upstate this year so. interesting i didn't know this now now i'm all right. No, but we'll, we'll you, you'd never ask anyway. The invites are, guys, I'll tell you, the invites have dried up lately. I'm sorry. When, when have I gotten my invite? Is this a one-way street? Permanent, permanent <laughs> open invite to just come out. I got invited to your house once and I've been I've been made fun of every day since for showing up <laughs> on time, <laughs> like a responsible party attendee would. JJ, I enjoyed this immensely. To you, I say... Take you later, fun boy. I'll see ya. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.